think Joe Flacco is actually a very elite quarterback. I would say absolutely he is an elite quarterback. Tom Brady has my vote for the greatest to ever lay some up. Tom Brady, greatest of all time. She got my vote. Number one man, greatest quarterback of all time, hands down, Tom Brady. I'm supposed to be a franchise, but we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back on this fine Monday evening, November 12th, 2018. If you're unaware, this is End of Regulation, the platform and podcast that provides you, the follower, the coverage you both need and deserve in sports and entertainment. Welcome back for episode 32. For all of you followers and listeners, this is the Mariota Formula. Excited to talk shop with all of you, but first, we want to help you guys get off. So make sure to check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook with our new edition of our website, endofregulation.wordpress.com forward slash. Don't be a loser. Get on the trend early. Let's go ahead and introduce the minds behind the mics. A fantasy football commissioner more corrupt than Vladimir uh, Putin, Hillary Clinton combined. Uh, Tommy Lasagna, how we doing, kid? I, I don't know about all that, but you elected me, and now I am the judge. I am the jury, and if necessary, I am the executioner. <laughs> this guy. No how long have you been thinking about saying that? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, since this whole scandal went down, if you want to hear more, hit us up. Uh, great story. Everybody fucking hates me. Not that there's much change up from the last time we all got together here, but uh, it's 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 far significant now. Nice. Well, we'll keep you guys in tune. Uh, next up on the mic, a high school tap dancing standout, Mr. Brent Jernigan. How we doing, kid? Uh, SBN, SBN, as SBN, SBN. <laughs> Lastly, a man who once won a participation medal in chess club, Barrel Chess Grimes. How we doing? We're doing good, fellas. Good to be back on the mic. I just want to say a quick uh, farewell and, and, and you know, thoughts and prayers, T's and P's, to uh, debatably the best quarterback in the NFL, Nathan Peterman. Just got released. Breaking news. Breaking news. Um, it is breaking. A sad it's a really day. sad day, man. I, yeah. I'm going to miss the guy. I think the whole, I think the whole NFL is going to miss him. Over. It's over. Uh, but yeah, boys, let's let's get back into it. I'm I'm ready to go. Well, um, obviously, we'll run through the agenda, and pretty pressing, and the thick of our docket here is the NFL. We'll talk a little bit of Week Ten rundown, as well as our predictions and what we're excited for in Week Eleven. Also, talk to you a little bit about where the money line's at. Beating the bookie is back. We'll put some money in your pockets. Obviously, have to talk a little bit of NBA and college basketball now that things are kind of in full swing. Uh, we That's are right. going to briefly touch upon the NHL, uh, things that we've seen that have stood out, things that we're excited for still early in the season. And then lastly, we'll wrap, wrap up with some banter and buzzer beaters, keep you guys entertained all the way through. So let's go ahead and kick it off right into the NFL. Week 10 recap. Just wanted to throw out some injury reports for you all in case you are living under a fucking rock and not in tune. Uh, we'll let the uh, commissioner himself talk to you a little about injuries we saw this week. Tom Lasagna, how we doing? Yeah, so there was quite a few different injuries this week. Uh, obviously, the first one, which is again at the, the center of this whole commissioner scandal, 
uh, was Des Bryant tearing his Achilles on, I guess it was like the last play of practice, just a very like unfortunate event. Um, and then in addition to him, if we're sticking on leg injuries, uh, Cooper Cup, wide receiver for the LA Rams, tore his ACL. And defensive back Ronald Darby for the Eagles uh, also left the game last night on a pretty pretty gross knee injury. Uh, so not a good week for knees. Uh, not a good week for me, as as I mentioned. But uh, you really hate to see all that, especially with the the unfolding storyline of like Dez kind of finding a home, finding a contender. Uh, you know, backing it up, backing up what he said he was going to do all season, and that to just like blow it out instantly it's just so heartbreaking honestly hate to see that yeah definitely but what are your thoughts? i was gonna say make make no mistake about it like des his injury kind of took over social media and took over all the headlines but cooper cup and i know it happened just yesterday but cooper cup's injury is probably the biggest impact to a team right like des we don't really even know I, what he I, has but cooper cup for sure changes that dynamic on that Rams offense quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, he's, a, he's obviously a favorite target of uh, Goff, you know, who's turned into one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the league. So, I mean, he has plenty more weapons, of course, but, yeah, Cup, Cup is a huge, huge contributor to that Rams offense. So that was going to be my question for you guys. Um, Rams sitting at 9-1 and one this season, um, you know, obviously have got a bit of cushion room in terms of this playoff run. Um, but what do you guys think this kind of does for the rest of their season in terms of, you know, Cup just being a huge piece of that that puzzle? I don't think it's going to do much, really. I mean, going back, like I said, they have they have plenty of weapons, and at the end of the day, if they have a they have a narrow little window here to decide really if if they are going to need to to do something, and then they'll sign someone, you know, before the deadline. Yeah, and and we'll really see, uh, you know. Like I was saying just before we, we hopped on the mic, um, they've got the Chiefs this week, uh, Monday Night Football. And so we'll really see, you know, how this is going to impact their offense in that game. Now, when you stack up those two offenses together, I know this is getting a bit off topic, you know, it really makes the Chiefs look like the more complete offense. Um, you know, they've got the tight end, they've got the receivers and all that. And so, you know, it's going to be a big test uh, against a team with a really shitty defense, you know, in the Chiefs. But... We'll really see how big this impact of Cooper Cup being out uh, takes a toll on that, on that Rams offense. I mean, the Rams have been bound for the NFC Championship game versus the Saints all season long, so pretty much yeah. that's that's like the litmus test. Um, if if they get there, then they're there. Well, but I know, but the, not, Saint, the Saints, the Saints, yeah, but the Saints beat the Rams even with Cooper Cup, so. You know, you got to yeah. think. Get, yeah, right. I totally agree. Like they're going to probably make it that far, but that's going to be. A game where you know, with them you couldn't do it, and without them I can't. I can't see how you can how you can pull it off. So we'll see how they how they rebound. We'll see what you know if they make any moves to to help out that offense. Word. So I guess to uh, come in and replace Dez um, is Mr. Brandon Marshall, who was recently released from the Seahawks. Um, any thoughts on that? I mean, is this guy going to see the field? I kind of thought his uh, his time was up. He's going to see the field, but he's going to be a non-factor. Uh, to put it simply, Brandon Marshall is too old, uh, and he's he's just a locker room cancer. He is the Carmelo Anthony of the NFL. He Ooh. just, I mean, look where he's been. The dude, I think we we've brought him up before. I think he's only been in like one or two playoff games. No, I don't think he's ever made it to the playoffs. 
like whatever it is over 12 12 years it's like you know what what have you been doing and i just i i have no faith in the guy he was a non-factor in his time with uh the jets he just needs to hang it up like they 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 brought him in last week told him no and now he's just sloppy seconds that's all he is like he doesn't want to be there uh they're probably loving whether, of course, Dez had much more playmaking ability, but those are both two guys, Dez and Brandon Marshall, who can absolutely block um, down the field. And, of course, with the running game and the the passing game and the flats that the Saints have, they would love a couple, you know, a big, big-bodied wide receiver who can block. Uh, on the outside, and obviously they get that in Brandon Marshall. So no, he's not going to catch a lot of passes, but he'll he'll be on the field a little bit, especially in third down situations, and uh, you know passes to the running back, and you'll probably see him doing some mean shit and throwing some punches before the season's over. Late season pickup on fantasy? Question mark. No. Uh, yeah, not <laughs> no, worth I, it. I I drafted accordingly this year. I'm good. Yeah. Nice. I yeah. Great, Tom. All right. No one gives a shit. Uh, well, next on the docket, the Browns won a football game. So let's go ahead and just talk a little bit about that. Uh, we've all been advocates here of Mr. Uh, Baker Mayfield, and this week he's feeling dangerous. Uh, woke guys, up feeling dangerous. Yeah, woke up feeling dangerous. I mean, this guy continues to entertain me. Um, I like him on and off the field. want to hear a little bit from you guys about this rollout bomb uh, to the end zone that he had and just how the game panned out. Yeah, I, w- I wanted to include that. Um, I don't even know who the pass was to. Um, I was watching the Titans game, and uh, that just happened to be a highlight that I saw in the midst of all that. Um, but, you know, Mayfield, it, you know, he was at, like, the opposite 35, 40-yard line or so. And, of course, with the with the drop back, he was 45 yards out of the end zone and uh, had to sprint, sprint out to his right, rolled out. Uh, was on his way towards the sideline, stopped, and just fucking threw a laser. Um, didn't even really stop. I, that's sort of a mis, misspeak there. He just threw it, ripped it off his back foot, across his body pretty much, and a you know, guy, they were playing man, man defense in the end zone, and he went up and got the ball. But just like an absolute rope running away from where he was throwing it. Pretty impressive throw. Not the most impressive defense being played. At, I'll, I'll give it that, but... Um, <laughs> Mayfield was, I mean, he, he made a ton of big throws. Third downs, Jarvis Landry, again, collected quite a few passes. And uh, David Njoku, however you want to say it. Harry, you can help me Inj- out Yeah, there. no, I'm you're good, you're good. That. Yeah, um, you're and good. then, obviously, Nick Chubb, who had a huge day. Um, they're looking like geniuses for, uh, for making the Carlos Hyde trade. Um, he had over 200 scrimmage yards, went for two scores, and and one of those was a 92-yard touchdown run. So uh, Nick Chubb looking every bit the back that he was at Georgia. So the uh, the Browns are 3-6-1 and one this season. Uh, does Baker have all three of those wins or just those these last two wins? He has all of them. Nice. Well, it looks like he has uh, done something that the former first-round draft picks that the Browns have picked up have not done. Uh, so excited to continue to see him play. I don't know if you guys have seen him on social media or just like the Brown social media, but they post a lot of locker room banner uh, and just kind of shout outs and game balls. It just kind of looks like they might be on the right track. So I don't know. They're obviously not going to do anything this season, but hopefully 
will build to be something kind of cool to watch. And, and shout out, real quick, shout out to uh, uh, to the new head coach. Um, I'm just fucking blanked on his name, but one and zero is the head coach now. Big news for him. Yeah, there you Greg, go. Greg, Greg, Greg Williams. Thank you. Uh, that's it. That's right. Being uh, one thousand with the uh, with the Browns is no. That's a that's no a feat door. right there. This guy's instant legend. Well, they are uh, they're sneaking up uh, in terms of record on the four and five Falcons. Um, so wanted to kind of bring that up. Hear what you guys' thoughts are. Uh, doesn't seem like they're getting it done this season, um, but we'll turn it over to you. Falcons suck. <laughs> good, take, right. good take. Good <laughs> take. That was That's that was next. well thought out. <laughs> next. Next. All right. Well, we'll just move on to the more important uh, point, and hence the title of this week's episode. The Pats got absolutely shellacked by Tennessee this weekend. Uh, so we'll turn it over to the Titans fan. Shakes. Tom, you got anything you want to say before I just the, the you know, floor, the pat floor my is, boys on the shoulders? The floor is yours. Boom, roasted. Um, I'll just start with the fact that Tom Brady looked like dog shit in this game. Um, I think that was clear from the get-go. Um, also, pretty much just the Pats line in general. I think the Titans did a whole lot as far as showing multiple fronts, confusing for once. Uh, Tom Brady, um, they they gave up plenty of pressure all game long, and obviously everyone wants to say, "Oh, you, you got to disrupt him. You got to you got to get hands in his face." That's you got to do that with every fucking quarterback there is. But Tom Brady's the best quarterback that ever was, so of course you have to do it for him. And the Titans did it all game long. They got really nothing going the entire time. Meanwhile, look look at who's rolling hot. Just when I was talking more shit about him than than ever before. Marcus Mariota has come out and proved me wrong two weeks in a row, and at a, at a time we desperately needed it after having lost three straight. Now we have back-to-back wins, and those have been 28-14 over the Cowboys, 34-10 to over the Pats, and Mariota's completed 70% of his passes for four touchdowns and zero picks in those two games. So the Titans are rolling right now. Um, I love everything they're doing. Mariota took the glove off, and that has made all the difference in the world, it seems. Uh-oh. Uh, so Matt, Matt LaFleur, he, they're all clicking. Mike Vrabel, uh, the defense is looking good. I think as, as of now, after that 10-point um, outing versus the Patriots, the Titans officially have the number one overall defense in the league. Um, Adore Jackson is looking good. They, they just look great, and... Uh, no offense, obviously the Pats are going to be there in the long run. For If we're lucky enough to make a playoff run, we'll probably see them in the playoffs. But we, we looked great, and the Pats looked like shit. Can I, uh, can I, can I rebuttal now? Yeah, you got yeah it all go out. for it. So, yeah, I don't disagree that Brady did not look great this week, and I think a lot of that had to do with all the pressure. But you said it yourself, and the, the biggest thing about this Titans team is Mike Vrabel. And don't get me wrong, I am a huge Mike Vrabel fan. He won Super Bowls for us. But that's what people forget. Like, this guy played against Brady for the better half of 10 years. Like, he knew what he was doing. He's literally right. spent years of his life trying to stop Brady. And I know it's a cop-out to say this, but it, it wouldn't surprise me if Belichick was like, we're not going to show him anything this week. 
because this is another potential team that we could see in a wild card game. And, you know, let them have this one. Like, we have to win seven games, eight games to get into the playoffs. Like, let let the Titans deal it out with the, the Texans and, you know, win their division first. I don't think that was our best game, but I think there's a reason for it. <laughs> Interesting. I don't think Bill Belichick is ever handing over wins, but I understand sort of where you're coming from. I'll give you I that mean, much. We're, we're rolling into the bye week. Gronk is out again this week. We lost Edelman in the middle of the game. Like, you know, what are what are you going to do when we're down to fucking Philip Dorsett and Cordero Patterson? I mean, no, I think the, down, the question down is what are you going to do when you get – That's right. What are you going to do when you come out and get your fucking throat punched down 14-0 <laughs> in the first quarter? Yeah. That's when you start thinking what are you going to do. You don't go into the game trying to hand it over, but when you get your fucking mouth punched – then you then then you're on your heels a little bit and enjoy it, Brent. Oh, I will, um, Tom. Tom, what'd you think of uh, Dion Lewis's comments at the end of the game? Uh, I mean, for a guy who had like eight rushes for thirty yards, I felt like he was talking a lot of <laughs> shit <laughs> for being a non-factor. Like it was all Corey Davis and Derrick Henry, like little man syndrome to the maximum over here. But you know, I love Dion Lewis too. He's my dude. It's it's hard to hate on the Titans. I do like a lot of them. Uh, there are a lot of them are, are ex-Patriots. So, uh, like like you said, Vrabel, Logan I mean, Ryan, Malcolm coaches. Butler, uh, Deion Lewis. The head I will say this. A three-time Malcolm Super Butler has been shit. I, I can't speak to whether or not he was good or bad. I wasn't focused on him a lot, and I really don't even know how often he was on the field versus the Pats. But Malcolm Butler has been ass for us so far this season. Yeah, no, he's he's a scrub. Fuck him. I'm I'm convinced he did something to to get benched and fucked us last year, but I'm over that now. I'm on to this year. It's for sure. Tom, do your job. Worst Tom, uh, Tom. What is the worst team in the NFL right now? Uh, well, I wanted to go with the Bills until their fucking ass whooping of the Jets this week. So I'm gonna and have releasing to... Peterman. I mean, yeah, that was. I mean, now they're yeah, clearly not, not the worst team anymore. Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Oakland Raiders and Derek Carr. Um, I don't, I don't know how close these forest fires are in Northern California, but if it torched the Raiders Stadium, it probably wouldn't be the worst thing for this team right now. Well, don't don't joke <laughs> That's about a scorching that. Scorching hot take. I don't need yeah. anybody to die, but like, if the stadium was to burn, you know. Maybe they can just cancel the season and like automatically get the first pick next year. <laughs> we, we got we got Harry on the West Coast fighting flames. You better take it yeah, easy bro, over there. I'm 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 living in smoke right now. But uh, but but no doubt, I'm dude, very sorry. Suck them down like no Coca-Cola. doubt about it. Chucky, uh, you know, for those who don't know who Chucky is, it's John Gruden. His his plan, whatever the fuck he's going through his mind, releasing Cleo Mack, getting rid of or you know, releasing Cleo Mack, trading Amari Cooper. Everything is is just coming right back in his face. Shit is hitting the fan. Uh, players apparently want to quit the team. Jordy Nelson is is talking about retiring midseason, which apparently is like a new trend among players. Saw that one guy on the Bills do it a couple weeks ago. Millennials, fucking millennials. It's just millennials. You know, we're just gonna get shit on more <laughs> and more. Snowflakes, just, man. <laughs> oh man, dude, the, the Raiders. The Raiders make the Giants look good, and that's not easy to do. Wow. Ooh. Do you think that this is? Part of of a a deeper, more elaborate 
plan from Chucky, or do you think he oh, is yeah, it, throwing it, fucking spaghetti at the no, wall? No, it is. He's trying to get like guys who buy into his culture on the team, and I think guys like right. I think guys like Cleo Mack and Amari Cooper weren't doing that. I think they were kind of. I don't. I mean, trust me. I don't know what's going on in the locker room. I don't know what's going on in practice. But whatever it was, those guys were not buying in to to what he was selling. So, um, not drinking the. Cooler. I mean, you got to give a coach a couple of years before you really start like saying, you know, you got you got to, you know, you know, kick him to the curb. But you got to let him get a couple drafts under his belt. Let him develop some of his own players, uh, and we'll see. But as of right now, man. Th- but if he goes one and fifteen this season, I mean, fuck, man. But wouldn't they? That still might not secure that. the number one spot. But wouldn't, dude? Wouldn't they have to pay <laughs> him? So okay, so say he went one and fifteen, and they're like, "All right, get the fuck out of here." Wouldn't they have to pay him out on his whole hundred million dollars? I guess they're not willing. Dude, they're not willing know. to do that. It seems like he's going to be there for quite some time, but he is having a demonstrably bad okay. season. You know? and, yeah. and for future, you know, fucking owners and, and shit like that, don't sign a coach to a ten year contract. Like that's just the moral of this story. If you do that, you're gonna have a you're bad gonna have time. a fucking bad time. Like, like I get, I get if he's got this elaborate long term plan, but at some point you gotta fucking save face. I mean, you can't eat this season and the next two seasons to come. I mean, especially because it's their last yeah, seasons that's in Oakland. Obviously, the thing. Well, I think I think that's oh, yeah, a lot true, of it true. is. It may. It, part of me wants to think that management just says you press know, start. You know, like we're we're gonna move and yeah, exactly. Restart from here. You're, we're gonna have the guys that you want and you know, run the offense that you want and you know you're gonna have rebuild this culture. And I think Gruden might be the guy to do that. But it's it's kind of a sour way to go out of Oakland if you're ownership. Just knowing like this is the last season ever and your fans are all gonna fucking hate you for it. It's gonna be a tough look. Tough look for the boys in black. Yeah. I kind of like that move, though. Yeah. We'll see. Right. I mean, it's, o- well, it's Oakland. Do we uh, want to kind of roll over a little bit of a paint a playoff picture um, now that we're kind of week 10 of 17 here and talk about who we're liking and who we're thinking? Or do we want to save that? Tom? Uh, Take it away if you'd like. Yeah, I mean, obviously you have the Kansas City uh, Chiefs and the Rams are probably still favorite. Rams and Saints out of the NFC. The rest of it is, uh, I, I don't really think that the NFC picture is worth a whole lot right now, frankly. Uh, it's Rams or Saints. And then in the AFC, the Steelers have been looking good. They're the number two seed right now behind the Chiefs. And then the Patriots are right there behind the, you know whoever comes out of the NFC South, it looks like right now, between the Texans uh, and, and the Titans. Well, the thing I will say um, about the AFC is I would estimate, just just looking at how, th- how things are going right now, whomever doesn't win uh, the AFC South is probably going to get the wild card spot. Um, I think the Texans are obviously, I mean, they've won six in a row. So they're I think they're officially the second hottest team in the NFL right now uh, behind the Saints, who have won eight in a row, obviously. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, after after that, the Titans are uh, trending upwards right now. I think they're probably going to get the wild card spot. But um, the Bengals suck. They just got their doors blown off by the Saints yesterday. I mean, they got railroaded. I think the, the Saints put a 50-burger up on them. And yeah. like you said, in, in the NFC, outside of the Rams and the Saints, it's pretty much I think the Bears are the only dangerous team 
in whatsoever who might who might be able to pull an upset. But other than that, everyone is uh, looking pretty ass between the Skins and the Vikings. Well, uh, you don't think any you don't think anything the Panthers this season. I think they are no. a bunch of soft bodies without oh, an Thoughts. offensive weapon. All they have is McCaffrey. It's the only player on that team that I'm worried about. Cam's just too shit. He's just too inaccurate. I mean, you can you can. Who eat. would you guys like to see in the play in the uh, Super Bowl this season? I think that's a little biased. Bi- Chief bias, bias not included. Like realistically, who do you think is rolling into these the, playoffs? The, I mean, the best matchup would be Chiefs Saints, but I want I want the Titans and as whoever. much as I'd like to see the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, I just I honestly think they're going to get exposed in the playoffs with that defense, man. Yeah, I uh, I'm going to go on a bit of a hot take here. If Le'Veon Bell shows up tomorrow in Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to the the championship without a doubt in my mind damn bet on it coming from a pats fan huh uh yeah if you haven't noticed our team's in a bit of uh what you would call shambles right now you guys have the injury but... bug pretty bad and your de- and yeah, your really and your defense is, is is average to say the least that's okay well all right we do have um some serious week 11 matchups to look forward to um, obviously still a good amount of ball to be played. Um, but we got a huge, an ooge, I should say, slate of primetime games um, starting on Sunday night with the Vikings versus the Bears. Um, Bears defense looked the part, as did Trubisky, um, but all six of their wins are against sub-500 teams. So, um uh, can't wait for this NFC North matchup uh, this weekend, um, included with the Monday night game versus the Chiefs and the Rams. Uh, both these teams are 9-1. I think this is kind of the game that people are most excited to see. Um, obviously, the Saints kind of being a favorite right now out of the NFC, as we had mentioned, um, but this will be kind of, you know, determining who's the who's the big swing and dick. Um, what are your guys' thoughts? Well, well, yeah, <laughs> I was going to say if no one's going to take the mic, I'll, I'll do that. Um, I, I, think, I think the Bears are a pretty legitimate team, man. That defense can pretty much stop anyone. It'll be interesting now that Dalvin Cook's, you know, they're coming off a bye week. So now with Dalvin Cook kind of back in the mix, he's, he should be back to 100% or, or, or in that neighborhood. I think the Vikings can, t- can pull this game out. I mean, granted, it's going to be at Soldier Field in Chicago. This is going to be a battle. Um, both are pretty good defenses. The Vikings defense has not been nearly as good as, as I had predicted in the first game or uh, before the season started. Um, but I think this is going to be a, a complete battle. Not a game I would ever put money on just because it's too hard to tell which way it'll go. But the Vikings, or the Vikings offense, man, they should be able to, to get something going. You know, Thielen, you know, everybody's healthy. Um, and, and like I said, with Dalvin Cook back, you know, and hopefully, you know, they can get some nice combo or duo running out of him and Latavius Murray. Who, Latavius Murray scored a touchdown in his last five games, uh, in each of the last five games. So hopefully, it's a good fact. It's a good, yeah. So you know, and he's on my fantasy team. So of course, I've been, so I've been good. so I've been paying attention to that. But I don't know. I, I think this is definitely going to be a battle. Definitely going to be a great game to watch. Um, hard hard to say which way it's going to go though. I, I I'll go. I'll I'll, I'll just. You know, quit being a pussy, and I'll I'll take Vikings in this one. Oh well, uh, if you guys want to hop right into beating my bookie, 
I'm going to have to ride that pick, Harrison. That's one of your picks? Oh, look at that. Yeah, so uh, I, I, I guess I'll just go with that. That fucking transition, that's that's smooth, baby. But, yeah, dude, I'm taking the Vikings. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky has been very impressive this year. Don't get me wrong. But just I don't think he's ready yet. He's shown, uh, you know, his youth and, you know, he, he still has a little bit to learn until, you know, he's top tier. Uh, and if you look at who the Bears have beaten recently, they've played the Lions, the Bills, and the Jets. That sounds like a three-game winning streak that is about to come to an end against a legitimate team. The Vikings are coming off a bye, and their record doesn't like jump off the page at you. Uh, but they had a slow start to the year and have been improving since. Uh, I I like Kirk to show out this week and, you know, throw his name back in the fire, you know, with all the stuff going on between Mahomes and Breeze and, you know, the big names. Kirk's going to be like, you know, hey, don't forget about me, guys. Hey, fun fact, uh, the Bears, all six of their wins are actually to uh, sub over sub-500 teams. There you go. That's good to know. Fraudulent. Let's ride. Uh, that's mutual agreement then. Vikings plus three. Yep. And uh, if you're feeling risky, I'd take the over too. Over forty-five. Right, what about the? Uh, what about? I mean, clearly the game of the week is going to be Ch- uh, Chiefs at Rams. That's in Mexico City, so neutral site. What do we? Uh, what do we like about that game? What do we? Who do you think is going to come out on top? I touched on it a little bit earlier, so I'll let one of you guys take the mic. Uh, I mean, yeah, me personally, I, I'm going to have to go against Tom here. I see Tom's pick laid out right here. but uh, So I'll, I'll let him take the will, but I will say I'm going to have to lean uh, Rams minus three. Um, I just like them to go in there and do it big. I know Cooper Cup just went down, but, uh, I mean, the Rams, Todd Gurley, baby, look at him. He's a fucking machine. Yeah, no. I mean, I don't, I don't think that the Chiefs are going to – have much luck at stopping Todd Gurley. But when you look at the the last like three or four weeks, the Rams lost to the Saints by 10, uh, and they only squeaked out a two-point win against Green Bay and a five-point win yesterday against Seattle. And if you're going to let Green Bay and Seattle put up you know 25 to 30 points on you, I think Pat Mahomes is going to roll into Mexico City and fucking take over that city by storm. And by the end of the, end of the game, he's going to have like seven touchdowns, just light it up. I don't think with you know the the struggles that the Rams have had recently, they're going to be able to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. They just, I just don't see it happening. So I'm riding the Chiefs. Tom, Tom, I'm joining you on that pick, man. I, I I can't, you know, with Cooper Cup out, with the, with the facts you put about the the last couple games where they're kind of squeaking out wins. I, I like that pick, man. Plus three. I love Pat Mahomes. He's going to go off in this one. Even though the Rams' defense is stout. <laughs> we got mad EOR money on this game then. Uh, we will – let's arrange some money on the side, and we'll have to be All tuned right. in uh, this right. weekend. For uh, Prime time. For the sake of a principal bet, they're, since they're going to Mexico, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be electric. Take the over. 63 and a half. Vegas is projecting nine fucking touchdowns in this game. And I'm calling their bluff. Over. <laughs> wow. Ride it. Wow. Ride it, baby. Excellent. 
Well, just in the spirit of spiting fucking Tom all week, uh, I'm going to go ahead and join join Brent on this one. <laughs> yeah, boys. Right, we got an even split. We'll, we'll, have, to, we'll have to make a wager hey, on the side. Hey, Tom. Back to the boneyard. Yeah, yeah, back to the boneyard. Grimes, what do you, what do you like this week, Grimes? Yeah, I got a couple picks. Um, first off, I've got Dallas plus three and a half. That's at Atlanta. Uh, we saw Atlanta just lose to the Browns, and they're four and five now. Their offense, their defense is really the problem. Uh, to be put to put it plainly, their offense. Julio Jones is finally starting to score some touchdowns, but Dallas, dude, Zeke looks like an absolute machine. Amari Cooper looks like he's starting to fit in pretty nicely into that offense. Um, and their Agreed. defense looks pretty good too, man. They've got, you know, granted Sean Lee is out. I'm not sure if he'll be out again next week. I don't know what his injury is specifically. But Landon Vander Esch has been playing unreal. Uh, Jalen Smith is nasty. And then, you know, and their defense is just solid. Um, I just don't think Atlanta will be able to put up too many points on them. And I, I think Zeke is, is turning into a, a monster that we all knew he was. He kind of had a slow start to the season. But uh, take Dallas plus three and a half all day. Uh, yeah, I like that, especially when you look at how the Browns sort of utilized Nick Chubb, and he ran for almost 200 yards. I think he had like a buck 72 to finish the day. Uh, and if Nick Chubb is going to do that, uh, I, I I don't even want to know what Zeke is going to do next week. Coming off a huge game last night, uh, Dallas you know, stomped on the Eagles in Philadelphia. I, I like this play too. Uh, let's, let's fucking ride Dude, we're me and Tom are just on point right now. Just, just. I don't know if this is good or bad. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll soon find out, buddy. We got about seven days until we find out. Uh, and then another pick I like is uh, Pittsburgh minus five and a half versus the Jaguars. Uh, we've seen the Jaguars just regress constantly throughout the season. Blake Bortles has become worse and worse week by week. Uh, and Pitts. But Fournette is but back. But Fournette is back. Fournette That's is a good back. point. It's a good point. And Pittsburgh's defense isn't like anything to write home about. Um, but I just like the way their offense is cooking right now. If James Connors out and Le'Veon doesn't report, I might have to I might have to you know either cancel this pick or or just uh, go the other way on it. This is at Jacksonville. Um, track. But we'll see if James Conner gets cleared. I, I still like this pick even even with Fournette. I mean the fact of the matter is, fucking Big Ben has thrown in his last three games. I mean he's averaged like four and a half touchdowns a game. They're on fire. He's spreading the ball around to everyone. James Conner is, you know, he's they, they're just clicking offensively and rattling off wins. Meanwhile, like you said, the Jags, even with Fournette back, I mean, they're they're just sluggish. Their defense hasn't hasn't been all it's cracked up to be this year. AJ Bouye is out at the at the rate the Steelers are going. I mean, they're gonna they're gonna score thirty four points. And do I think the Jags can can compete with that? No. Yeah. No. And then, uh, right, well, uh, go ahead, Tom. Uh, sorry, I just I got one more here. Uh, I'm riding the Houston Texans minus three. Uh, they're traveling up to uh, my Redskins this week, coming off a bye, so they've had a little time to get healthy. And just uh, for the same reasoning, I've been against the Skins all year. I don't think they can keep up offensively uh, with Houston, considering all the weapons they have, acquiring Demaryius Thomas. Uh, Washington is six and three this year. However, all three of their losses have been against top ten offenses, and Houston is slated just above that at number thirteen. Uh, but the the Skins actually have the twenty sixth uh, offense in points per game, and I just don't think that's going to be enough. So I'm riding the Houston's 
Uh, more importantly, I need a big day from DeAndre Hopkins. So betting with my heart here, Texans minus three. <laughs> um, I got one last one, and I actually just flipped my pick. I know we shit on the, the Lions, you know, a moment ago. Dude, I, don't I, do it. I'm just thinking. I'm thinking about, like, you know, we talked about how the, the Panthers don't have any weapons outside of Christian McCaffrey. They don't have receivers. They've got Greg Olson, but he's been pretty much a non-factor um, since, since coming back from his injury. Uh, I do think it. at home, man, Tom, we say it all the time, you got to love a home dog. And gotta love a home dog. And, and I think you know, carry on Johnson looks legit. You know, Shut they up, got Michael they got Porter. they got yeah right. Uh, they got rid of Golden Tate, but they still got Kenny Holliday or uh, Kenny Galladay, excuse me, Marvin Jones, um, and and carry on Johnson and Ooh, Matt Stafford, uh, who's been like average, but uh, we'll see. I, I like Lions plus four. On, I'm not super on that confident. note. What's uh, one of their one or two of their receivers actually might be out. I think Marvin Jones is like questionable. Oh. I was reading about that. Could be a shitty game, but I'll roll with you. Yeah, I, I like. I'll take you know home dog plus four. Carolina. I don't I'll know. I think it'll be a close row. game. Let's ride it out. All right, that's all we got for beat my bookie, Gardner. What we got next? We got a little college hoops. Uh, we're gonna pretty much touch upon Duke surpassing Kansas at that number one seed. Uh, We've got a host here, Mr. Tommy Lasagna, who's not quite ready uh, yet to buy into the hype, even though these guys have been said to basically be NBA NBA players uh, playing the college game. So, Tom, I'll turn it over to you to give us your thoughts. I I just don't understand how this team hopped over Kansas just so easily like that. I fully understand the awe to this team and what they did to Kentucky the other night was incredible. But when you look at this Kentucky team, uh, they just really had no business being ranked number two in the country to start the year. I don't really know how that came about, but they got smacked, uh, obviously, by Duke. And then last night they played Southern Illinois and were losing with up until about 10 minutes left and they pulled ahead with like five or six minutes to go. But if that's how you're going to respond to, you know, a, a big loss with, you know, arguably the number two team in the country, that just tells me that this team is not ready. They're overvalued, and I think it overvalues Duke's win a little bit. Um, and just to, to, to ride this Kansas train, I still think they are the best team in the country. And they took a tough Michigan State team down to the wire. Uh, they have a ton of veteran talent um, that made a Final Four appearance last year, and they lost to Villanova, who ended up winning the championship. So if you're going to hold that against them, so be it. But they have uh, Udonis Azabuke, who's a fucking monster. Anytime you got like a, an African center, you know that this dude is legit. <laughs> um, and, and then they have a transfer forward in Dedrick Lawson, who ripped down 15 rebounds last night. Uh, and my favorite player on this whole team is uh, senior guard Gerald Vick. Yep, love just that. Any, anytime you see Vick in seven on the back of a jersey, it just gets me going. <laughs> um, so he's my dude this year. And, you know, like I said, I, I think when a, a young Kentucky team who has, the you know, the pressures on them goes up against some veteran talent, you know, or sorry, not a Kentucky team, a Duke team that, you know, faces some veteran talent guys that have been there before we're gonna see what this team is made of until then no they shouldn't be number one 
right, well, while they're biting their lips, I'll turn the mic over to Harry and to Shakes to talk to us a little about Duke. I mean, you could, you could debate all day about who deserves to be where. At the thing you have to remember is it's, it's week two. It doesn't fucking matter. Uh, there's a whole lot left to shake out. I mean, we haven't even gotten into you know early season tournaments just yet, uh, which, by the way, we have coming up. Um, and if we're lucky, uh, at the NIT season tip-off in Brooklyn in you know a week and a half, two weeks, um, there's a, the potential of a top-five matchup between Tennessee and Kansas. So, you know, we're, we're going to have – we're soon going to have uh, the chance to see, you know, who's who and what's what early on in the season before people get into conference play. But at the end of the day, Kentucky definitely was way, way overranked uh, at the number two spot. Um, Duke came out and wiped the floor with them in a way that you hardly ever see in college basketball, fucking scoring 118 points. But R.J. Barrett, Zion Williamson, uh, Cam Reddish – all living up to the billing in that game, especially Barrett going off for 33. Uh, Williamson had, what, 28 or so. Um, they just looked insane. Um, and at the end of the day, it's it all comes down to voters. Obviously, they wowed the voters enough with that one showing as well as their performance against Army over the weekend. And, you know, we'll, we'll, see, we'll see how it plays out. Kansas can, Kansas can prove a lot uh, with their schedule coming, coming up. Hey, are you more on board yeah, with the Duke no, train? No, I, I believe in the hype. Um, and I think they're only going to get better as the year goes on. They're still young guys, uh, Zions. I think they're all 18 years old. Um, and, and I just think that, you know, people get caught up in the rankings. That's that's just what media does. That's what fans do. And so, like Brent said, like, you know, things will play out as they do and as they will. Um, but at the end of the day, man, this this team is incredibly special. Uh, that, that trio of Barrett, Zion, and reddish is incredible and one thing i noticed you know and, and watching them and also just you know paying attention to the stats is they're super well balanced um i think against army uh they had like it was like 26 points for zion 24 for rj baird and 22 for cam reddish so they, they spread it around uh they're you know still learning how to play with each other but to see that um is good for them and i think it's going to play well to them when it when it comes you know time for march madness and, and you know everybody's been hyping up Zion and, and Zion's incredible, man. He's, he's a, he's a physical specimen. He's a freak athlete. Uh, you know, six, seven, 285 pounds. He, he's, he's a beast. I mean, the guy would be in the NBA if they didn't change the rules about, you know, leaving high school and going straight to the NBA. Um, but I think, uh, I, I think the hype is real. You know, Duke is the team to beat in the, in the country. No disrespect to Kansas. I think they're legit too. And D- Gerald Vick has been one of my favorite players in college basketball for, for three, you know, three or four years now. Um, but we'll see, we'll see. I, I believe the hype, I, I, you know, we'll see how it all plays out. Conference, conference play will tell a lot about where some of these teams are. I think it's important to highlight the other stats that you added there, which is putting Zion next to LeBron James, Zion being six, seven, two eighty five, LeBron being six, eight, two fifty. uh, LeBron's 33, Zion's 18. So, uh, pretty crazy shit. I mean, both of these guys clearly made in factories, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see how this kid continues to grow. I, I was like 140 pounds maybe when I was 18. <laughs> the, fact, the fact that he's so, soaking wet. That is that is an absurd number. Mm-hmm. Like how? Yeah, I mean I don't I don't know. I can't even fathom that. How do you stop? Yeah, that's a big that's a big guy. He would break me in half. 
Um, uh, all right, well, there's some other exciting teams. Yeah, let's talk about some of these other other notable teams. About? Brent, you want to take it away? Yeah, why not? Uh, obviously, um, rounding out the top five, uh, you you had um, Gonzaga at the number three spot. You also have uh, Virginia at the number four spot. You got Tennessee at the number five spot. You know, uh, obviously, I'm a fan of the Volunteers. Uh, their highest ranking in like nine years. You know, since the Bruce Pearl days. Uh, in that same season, they were ranked number one for a short little while. Um, but yeah, um, exciting time in Knoxville. We'll see. Like I said, uh, coming up, they got uh, they got Georgia Tech on Tuesday, and then uh, after that, it'll be they'll have to wait until the NIT season tip off, and where the, hopefully they'll get the matchup versus Kansas and see what's what. Um, but you know, they got SEC Player of the Year returning in Grant Williams, his co-pilot Admiral Schofield. Uh, other than that, Nevada number six. You know, deep tournament team. They've made the tournament the last few years in a row. Tall, long, rangy team. Great defense. Lock anybody down. Um, they'll hound people all season long. I look for them to be a you know Sweet Sixteen team again. And then after that, you know, uh, they're they're showing the the SEC quite a bit of love. Uh, you got Auburn in the top ten at number eight, I think. Kentucky is at number ten. Uh, Mississippi State's in the top twenty-five, as is LSU. But of course, the ACC is the ACC. I'll let Harry, you know, sort of take that away. They got a lot of deep teams, and in, uh, including Virginia Tech. Yeah, we got, uh, you know, obviously UNC's in the mix. I believe they're just outside of the top ten right now. Um, I, unfortunately, I've been watching too much college basketball as of yet. I'm going to kind of wait until those tournaments uh, start off. But Virginia Tech's going to be a good team. UVA has been uh, with Tony Bennett has been, you know, solid, solid as a rock. You know, especially on the defensive side of the ball for the past couple seasons. Uh, so they're always a tough team to beat for any any team, and and even I'm um, you know can't wait to see that matchup versus Duke and and how they're able to play them, um, and then you know, ACC tournament play. Yeah, man, it, it it challenges just about everybody. Uh, there's just talent everywhere. Unfortunately, you know my team Miami is they're a good team. They got some exciting players, but because of that Adidas scandal, they actually weren't able to to hand out any scholarships for this this uh, this current season. Uh, so they took a bit of a hit there, but they got some players. Um, they'll be competitive, but uh, definitely a bubble team for the for the tournament. Um, but yeah, man, there's there's ton of talent, and you know we'll see how it all pans out. But you know, make no mistake about it. Like I said before, Duke is is certainly the team to beat out of the ACC. Well, we can transition uh, right out of some college ball and into some NBA news. Uh, if you guys are good with that, Tom, you want to kick us off? Uh, yeah, I just first off, I need to give a quick shout out uh, to forward Karis Levert, who's uh, he plays for the Timberwolves, and he just got carted off with like a disgusting looking leg injury. Uh, uh, dude. All all the players on each team look sick to their stomachs. Like this is worse than Gordon Hayward. Uh, dude, not cool. Prayers <laughs> to him, but. Uh, uh, aside from that, the biggest storyline right now is this fucking Jimmy Butler trade. Um, and as everybody knows, the Timberwolves are in the bottom of the, the Western Conference right now. And a lot of the controversy has been around Jimmy Butler. And so today, or not today, but earlier he was, this week, he was traded to the 76ers for a package including bigs uh, Robert Covington and Dario Sarch. Uh, and you know, cash considerations, whatever, whatever else. 
they're the only important guys. Uh, but what's most scary now is this fucking Philadelphia team because, you know, they don't have that guy. They have Embiid to dominate. They have Simmons to distribute. They're they're missing that that intermediate piece. That's the immediate scoring threat. You can score from anywhere. You know, a, a nightmare matchup and an elite defender. You have all of that in Jimmy Butler, um, and you have somebody that has been looking. Uh, you know, to make a change and and get a new fresh start and at the same time be that guy. And it pains me to say this, but I am very concerned with the 76ers right now, and I think they have everything it takes to to make a run now. They were just missing this one piece, and now they have it. Great move by Philly, uh, and I, I'm, I can't wait to see Butler play. I would encourage everyone to go look uh, at some highlights of Markel Fultz trying to shoot a basketball, though. Yeah. While we're on the subject of Philly. Above all else, this just means it's less minutes they have to have that piece of shit out on the court. (laughs) Dude, I I was just watching a highlight of him uh, shooting a free throw where he, like, he genuinely has the yips, dude. He, like, has to double clutch. Yeah, there was double clutches. There was a video that came out that said, "Like I've watched this video a thousand plus times, and I still can't understand what happened." And he looks like he glitched. He's he is not good. He's in the Matrix. Not good. (laughs) Yeah. He also had like a full blown like side spasm, like during a whistle. He was kind of over there, just like tweaking. I don't really know what's going on, but people are like, this guy is fucking lost his shit. (laughs) But, uh, I mean, you know, it it makes for a more competitive East now for sure. Uh, Realistically, the the top four teams are going to be Toronto, uh, the Bucks, the Sixers, and the Celtics. I don't, you know, the order, we'll see. The, The Raptors with Kawhi Leonard seem to be on top of things, and everyone else is sort of figuring it out. Uh, the the Bucks have been a nice surprise, but you know we'll we'll see. Uh, however, if you look at the West, uh, don't matter. Warriors and Warriors and four. I I don't really have much else to say about the NBA because half of the fucking league yeah. is Warriors and shouldn't four. shouldn't be playing. Is it nice that LeBron isn't thriving? I mean, I guess he, yes. <laughs> you know, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Yeah, we haven't heard from him in a while, right? That's good. Well, he he just missing free throws worse than Markel Fultz. He just came out and said today that he almost like he almost cracked. I think was the the phrase he used last week uh, because of like you know how things just weren't coming together and how they weren't winning games. Um, And now and now we're looking at you know uh, Luke Walton might have a you know he might be on the chopping block real soon. I think if if he's already you know not on it, um, you know if they can't turn things around quick, the guy hasn't been fired. Well, I think you got you got to give him the benefit seeing, of the like doubt the for a little bit. Of him and LeBron interact, not good. Well, LeBron, I mean, dude, the, then just make LeBron like a player coach because that's what he is essentially. That's what he was in Cleveland. Everyone knows that Ty I don't Ty know Lue, why it hasn't happened. That, Ty Lue wasn't coaching that team. It was LeBron James. That was that's just a fact. I mean, what yeah. what happened? Remember, yeah. like last season, Ty Lue went away for like two months, and they probably played better. Yeah, with when yeah, that happened, like LeBron was like something. LeBron was like, yeah, be gone, my friend. Yeah, and, and now what? Ty, uh, Tyra got canned. Yeah, be exactly. gone. Be gone. So, well, that's uh, that's all about we got for uh, the NBA. We'll move over to some banner and some buzzer beaters. Uh, we highlighted a little bit of the Alabama blasting uh, 
that took place in Death Valley two weekends ago. But uh, also wanted to highlight that an Alabama fan was pummeled by two LSU fans and actually died. Uh, not funny, but kind of funny. Um, <laughs> just laughed at that. And, uh, yeah, so, like, kid, kid got fucking just absolutely annihilated. Super sad, but, you know, I guess don't go into uh, – don't go into en- enemy territory yeah. talking shit. <laughs> yeah, it was definitely and, uh, their fault. Yeah, that's all I got for that. Um, in other huge news, uh, fucking everyone's running like it's Black Friday to 7-Eleven to stock up on jewel pods because the FDA came down hard on these motherfuckers. And there will no longer be flavors they will be making menthol illegal in a year and a half for all cigarettes uh, and vape products. So we're looking at like coffee and tobacco. Wait, what? Yeah, 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 man. It, I heard about I heard about the jewel thing, but they're doing away that's with probably menthol for the best. cigarettes. Yeah, the FDA FDA said they're about yeah, a no year shit. and a half to two years out uh, from getting rid of all menthol cigarette products, which. But like, kind of like brings up the the fact of like what happens to Newport cigarettes. Like, I know that they have like standard cigarettes, but you know, I can imagine menthol is probably one of their largest sellers. Yeah, like, without a doubt, yeah, industry. It's a, it's a, I'm sure uh, the government will. Oh no! And we out. lost Brent. And <laughs> muted. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, regardless, it seems like the government will probably step in uh, because that's a huge, uh, you know, contributor to the to the economy. But again, FDA Crush Jewel, uh, you can still buy flavored products online. So for all of you that are listening, that are avid Jewel smokers, uh, Harry, you can still buy your cucumber and mango online. Nice. Yeah, and then uh, we'll turn it over to Tom to talk a little bit about some of the MLB awards that were handed out recently. Uh, there's way too many like gold gloves and all that, so I'm not going to get into that. But I uh, just wanted to give a quick shout-out to the American League Rookie of the Year, Shohei Otani. Obviously, uh, we hit on this earlier during baseball season, and it, he's been the front-runner and deservedly slow uh, to see what it, his dominance on the mound uh, and that ability to to hit with power too was you know it's something that we haven't seen in this game in generations. And despite his injury, uh, you know he had been dealing with the elbow injury since before he even signed, and then even throughout his season he missed a few months uh, with it. it. It was still an awesome you know a great thing for baseball to have a, a unique player like this, uh, and I'm I'm all for it, deservedly so. Uh, Brent, do you I, want to talk a little bit about? I want to. Uh, sorry, can I make one quick Grimes. comment on on the Otani Rookie of the Year? I had predicted that Miguel Andujar would have gotten it uh, from the Yankees' third baseman. I think this is. I'm not a conspiracy theorist, really, but I think they were pandering towards the Asian uh, fan base of the MLB, giving him this award. I agree that like, he had an impressive season, and, and he's he's the only you know player who does you know the pitching and the and pitches well and bats well but he also missed about half the season or didn't pitch for he missed a good portion of the season didn't pitch for half the season so i thought i thought anduar was more you know impressive as a rookie in terms of just his production um but i think they're i think they're pandering a little bit to a to a fan base of trying to tap into that's my take 
this is their this is their attempt to throw a net out on the Asian demographic. Yeah, like I mean, hook that. Market. Yeah, exactly. They they go, oh, we got this new guy, just won Rookie of the Year. He's going to be some big stud in the MLB, and I'm not denying that he won't. I'm just saying, you know, at the end of the day, it comes down to statistics and, and team success, and you know, the Angels didn't really have that, and and Otani didn't really have. He had good sets. They weren't like off the charts though. I hear that. Solid point. We will just run into buzzer beaters uh, and we'll go ahead and just hand the mic over to Tom to talk to us a little bit about his frustration with a certain somebody in the NBA. Yeah, so I kind of hinted at this earlier. Carmelo Anthony, stay the fuck away from Boston. Uh, The Houston Rockets right now are in the bottom of the West Division and a, a, a lot of finger pointing has been going at Melo and people have said that his time is up in Houston. And the dude has just been an absolute locker room cancer in the NBA since he joined the league. Um, And I don't want him anywhere near my Celtics right now. And Kyrie, unfortunately, came out and hinted. He said something along the lines of, we want a 14-year veteran to come in here and, you know, solidify the locker room. Carmelo will fucking tear that locker room down. Keep his ass away. And, and and be the all-star once of a generational player that we expect you to be, Kyrie. Do it yourself. Fucking figure it out. <laughs> I mean, look nice. at look at the talent we have around you. We, we don't you even don't have to knowledge. tell me, man. I, I, I was never a fan of Carmelo. I think what he did in New York was despicable. He was a fucking cancer there. And, uh, you know. He fucking hightailed it out of there. So I won't be uh, surprised. He peaked in college. It up soon. He yeah. peaked in he college. Peaked in college, bro. If you're listening, Harry, what do you got for uh, us? I don't. I don't know much of a buzzer beater. I will say though that uh, tomorrow night I'm going to be going to the Warriors versus Atlanta Hawks game at Oracle Arena. So I will be coming to you live with some stuff uh, and showing you, you know, some of what the Warriors got. Probably the greatest show uh, on a wood court outside of Duke. Uh, and so, yeah, I'll, I'll, uh, I'll put some stuff up on social media and hopefully, uh, hopefully they run Atlanta out of the court, but it'll be cool to see Trey young do his thing. He's been pretty impressive so far. It'll be cool to see Vince young, uh, or not Vince young, Vince Carter, uh, do his thing. So (laughs) certainly not Vince young, man. He'll probably be at a TGI Friday somewhere. Um, but yeah, so I'll, I'll be posting on, uh, on Instagram tomorrow about that. Good stuff. Well, I'll wrap us up here tonight uh, with a little music to play us out. Um, this past weekend was Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon uh, 2 anniversary. So this is uh, a little something for you guys to listen to on the way out. Hope you enjoyed. I'll see you guys next week. Adios, amigos. She said I don't spend time like I think she hates me deep down I know she does She wants to erase me
No matter where you are, you might hear me. I'm in the magazines, on the TV. No matter where you Hello. go, you might see me. Uh, I'm easy. She said hi, Maria. No, you an angel. You wave hi to Aaliyah. I got a show in Korea. They built a new arena. Why don't you come and watch a nigga tear the whole scene up? I know I seen you before, but don't know where I seen you. Oh, I remember now. It's something that I dreamed of. Don C, she's cool, but don't let her fuck your cream up. Monica Lewinsky on the dress to take you to the cleaners. Sure enough, a week later, I'm an extra love. And everybody knows she mine, so she extra plug. Every bounce at every club, show her extra love. We just praying the new fame don't get the best of us. But all good things gotta come to an ena. She let it go to her head, no, not my area. The height of her shopping was right as blocking me. I couldn't get my shit out anyway. I she hope you diarrhea. I can't 